better than that. We got sunshine out today. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we're so glad all of you are here today. How about a big old hand for Scott and Tara? They always bring it every week with the announcements. Oh, thank you, guys. That's awesome. They, they just come up with these funny ideas. I love it, don't you? And uh, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Yes, today is my birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. And some of you have been asking me how old I am. Well, uh, I'll just put it this way. I grew up in South Florida, and I remember growing up, there were these signs along the highway that said, stay alive, 55. Anybody remember those signs, huh? So as far as I can see it, I got one more year, huh? <laughs> so I better live it like it's real, huh? But uh, I'm just so thankful. Uh, I, I decided this year I'm going to start going backwards and uh, enjoying those years. I don't know if that works or not, but uh, I'm glad that you're here. This is First Sunday, and uh, we have designated it Celebration Sunday. You know why? Because how many of you know, I told, uh, they got me some cake and things last night. I said, why don't we just all subtract 2020 from our age? Just everybody's one year less. Amen. How many for that, huh? And uh, so what we're doing uh, after church today is we're going we're gonna to celebrate all those things that you were not able to celebrate, whether it was a birthday or anniversary or a wedding or, in my son and daughter-in-law's case, two weddings. Uh, they, they had to try it twice to get everybody here. And, and uh, we're just going to have some, some sweets and uh, we're going to have some giveaways and just have a celebration. So stay after it if you can do that. And if you're, if you're a first-time attender, and I say that because we hope this is the first of many, uh, you get a double shot. You can go back to the back and get a free uh, gift with your uh, information card. Uh, but everybody, and that will also go in the drawing. But anybody that fills out that card, that will go in the drawing for later. So I just want to get that out of the way, give you a chance to be filling that out. Because I, I want to dive into scripture today as we finish out this series called Holy Roar. And if you've not been here the last several weeks, first of all, I encourage you to go back onto uh, the website or our YouTube channel and watch the, the previous sermons because this is a, one of very few times in my 30 times of pastoral ministry, 30 years of pastoral ministry, that uh, a, a single sermon has turned into a series. This actually was going to be one series. We talked about the first week, the seven words that will change the way that you worship. And that was going to be a kind of a standalone uh, sermon, and then I was going to go into a different series. And the more I studied and the more I thought about it, the more I prayed about it, I felt like God was leading me to spend a little more time on worship. And, and I tell you, it's been good for me. It has encouraged me in my personal walk to spend more time in worship. And I trust that it has you as well. So today, we're going to wrap up this series, and I want to talk to you about the walk of worship. If you have your bulletin, your program there, you can pull out the outline and follow along with us. If you have your Bibles, you can open to Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to look at the first eight verses there. But before we do that, can we just pray together again? Father, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come together like this, whether we're right here in the room together or watching online, that we can join together live in your presence and know that you are God, know that you love us, know that you care. And Lord, as we dive into your word today, I know you're going to show us afresh and anew that you, that you really do know right where we are and you want to reveal yourself to us. And I pray that you would do that. Help me to get out of your way. Help it not to be Phil's words, but God's spirit that reigns in this place today. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. As you're turning to Isaiah chapter 6, 
Let me just give you some background on our text today. If you actually go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 26, it gives us a little bit of, of uh, insight into our character. His name is Uzziah. He was a king over Israel, and, and uh, he reigned in Jerusalem. Uh, he was 16 years old when he became king. How many of you think you were ready to be king at 16 years old, huh? I wasn't even ready to be, uh, I wasn't even ready to be uh, left alone at 16 years old. But this guy, he became king at 16 years old. Just think about that for a moment. Just think back of where you were, who you were at 16, and think, man, would I be ready to be king or queen at that age? I don't think. And the Bible says that, I love this, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. And because of that, God blessed him greatly, and the people loved him. And under his reign, uh, there was blessing, there was, there was peace. Uh, it says that, uh, uh, that after he did what was right in the Lord's eyes and sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him the fear of the Lord. And as long, listen to this, as long, it says here, as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. And so what I want to give you today is, is that really a roadmap to success, a roadmap to following God, a roadmap to seeking God and seeking the guidance of God. Because here's what I know. If we will truly seek the guidance of God, he has some amazing things for us. He has some amazing things for you. And you say, I, I don't know if I, I really believe that, Pastor. I, there's a lot of things that, that I, I've been through. And let me tell you, I've been through a lot of things just this week. And, and uh, one thing about getting older, by the way, if you're not already old, I, I recommend against it, okay? And... and uh, <laughs> The last three Sundays while I was preaching, my right leg has gone numb. Now, what's that about? I don't even know what that is. I'm going to have to start wearing tennis shoes while I preach because I, I don't know what's going on. I'll go, hey, where'd that right leg go, you know? And then this week, just all of a sudden, I had a toothache, and it was so bad, I almost had to go into emergency, but then it went away. Praise God for that. I, I'm just glad that God can help things go away, right? But uh, we need to depend on him every day. And you might be saying, well, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right. I may not know, but God knows. And he's asking us to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And he says, if we will do that, all of these things will be added unto you. I also want to tell you that this has been a week of many blessings. God has answered several prayers for Crystal and I this week, and I'm just so grateful for that. I'm not going to concentrate on the hard times that I had this week. I'm going to concentrate on the blessings and the answers to prayer that God has given to us, and uh, I just know that he has that for you. So if you're ready, we're going to take this journey together, starting in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, where it tells us about Uzziah's death, actually, and what that meant to uh, Isaiah. Are you ready? It says, in the year of King Uzziah's death, and I'll talk a little bit about why that's important in a moment. Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, lofty and exalted, with a train of his robe filling the temple. Just imagine what that must have been like. He said, Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And these six wings, angelic creatures, were continually flying in the presence of God and declaring his holiness. It says in verse 3, And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy 
is the Lord of hosts. Many think that the reason that it was three holies was to describe God in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is holy, holy, holy. Come on, church, say that with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Do you believe that this morning? I believe it with all of my heart. All you have to do is go out and look at nature. Watch. This morning I had the awesome privilege of watching the sun come up again and watching the sunrise. And, and uh, I, have a, I have a tendency to, to count deer while I'm praying and while I'm driving, while I'm having my quiet time. And you know what? I just knew it was going to be a great day because today I broke a record. I saw 39 deer. Come on. How many of you know God's up to something? Amen. <laughs> God, hey, listen. He, everywhere you look, his glory is throughout the whole earth. And the foundation, it says, of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, watch this, woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away. Watch this. And your sin is forgiven. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Come on, read this out loud with me, church. Here am I. Send me. Come on, say it again. Here am I. Send me. This text gives us a beautiful example of a worship experience. And this morning, I'm just praying that God will give us, every person that's here in this room, every person that's watching online, whether it's live or later on, that God will give us a beautiful worship experience. I believe this text gives us an understanding of the process of worship. And that's what I want to walk us through today. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write these things down. It all starts with the revelation of God. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Again, it's very significant that Isaiah was to begin this passage by saying it was the year that King Uzziah died because King Uzziah was a very strong leader. He was a good king. He actually messed up a little bit in the end of his kingdom, but, the, but he, his son continued to lead, and, and it was blessed. And Isaiah sensed that because this great king that everybody loved and everybody revered had, had died, that there was a void. There, there was something lost with the people, and, and, and we needed a word from God. How many of you this morning say, Pastor, I just need a word from God. <laughs> I just need to know that God is alive, that God knows where I'm at, that God knows what I'm going through, and he's going to be my helper in it. I'm here to tell you as your pastor, he absolutely does know right where you are. He's never surprised. He's never caught off guard. He's never overwhelmed. He has everything that you need if you will just come to him and ask. And it was this sense of emptiness that he went to the temple to worship. So many times I've come into the temple to worship with a sense of emptiness. So many times I've said, Lord, I just need you so desperately. I need a touch from God. I need a word from God. 
And Isaiah was feeling this need for something significant to happen. How many of you know we need something significant to happen today? We need something significant in the kingdom to be shaken loose and for us to know that God is in control, that God's got this. And if we will hang on and follow him and know that he is our leader and follow him as our king, that he can handle anything that we face. Amen? And he said, as I walked into the worship service that day, as I walked into worship in the temple, on the throne was not the king. You see, we have a tendency to put on the throne our leaders and our king. Don't put Pastor Phil on a pedestal. Trust me, my leg will go numb and I'll fall off anyway. It'll be a mess. Don't put me up there. Don't follow Pastor Phil. Don't follow the spiritual giants we have seen in the news in recent days that spiritual giants may fall. I'm not going to say they will fall, but they may fall. And we cannot put our hope, the Bible says, in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen? And he says, as I walked into worship that day, on the throne was not king. The king was dead. But as I looked on the throne that day, I saw the Lord seated on the throne of glory. Here's what I know about worship. As we've been talking about this the last four weeks, all significant worship begins by seeing the Lord. To see the Lord, though, you've got to seek him. You've got to seek him out. If you don't see God, it's impossible to have worship. And if you really want to have worship, you have got to seek God out. You've got to come to church ready to see the Lord. You've got to come to church ready to receive whatever it is that he has for you. Listen, even as the pastor, even as the one that's up here sharing the word, I have to come to church, I have to come to worship ready to hear from the Lord. In fact, many times someone will catch me after service and say, you know that, that one thing that you said, oh, thank you for saying that. Oh, that, that was just for me. And, and I'll look at them and say, you know what? That wasn't even me. That wasn't even my notes. God had me say that while I was up there preaching, and he just kind of put it on my heart. And he must have known you needed to hear that. Don't give me the credit. Give God the credit. I, I just got to get out of God's way and let God do what he wants to do. Amen? A couple weeks ago, I read to you a little illustration about Elvis. Well, back in the 1980s, there was a fellow by the name of Dennis Wise who wrote an article to the Boston Globe. And uh, he was an Elvis Presley fan. I, I mean, he, was, he uh, had all the paraphernalia and, and had, a, had a room dedicated to Elvis, you know. And, and uh, he, he just, he was a, a, what, you, what you call a, a fanatic. That's where we get the word fan. He was an Elvis fanatic, you know. I won't have you raise your hand if you're an Elvis fanatic. But I, I, have, I have to guess that seeing across the room, some of you raised your hand already. Some of you, you know, you just love Elvis. Well, that was this guy. And he starts this, this article to the Boston Globe by these three words. I loved Elvis. He said, I followed him throughout his whole career. He said, I have every album he recorded, and I've seen every movie that he made. Well, I just want to stop right now and tell you that Dennis was pretty miserable a few times because there's some pretty bad movies out there that Elvis made. Amen? Don't hate me if you love Elvis. He said, I even once bought some boots that looked like his when I was in junior high school. That, that's what we used to call middle school back in the day. I'm dating myself. My classmates called them Fruit Loops, but I didn't care because they looked like Elvis's boots. Later, I got a facelift and a, hand, a hair contour just like his. Now, didn't I tell you? This guy's a fanatic. 
I've won Elvis lookalike contests. I've wanted uh, him to notice me so badly. I would storm the stage during and after his concerts so he would notice me. Elvis was probably like, oh, get that guy away from me, right? I don't think he ever really saw me. I actually have ticket stubs from his concerts, Elvis clippings from the programs all over the world. I even have some Elvis pillows from Japan. Yes, Presley was my idol. My only regret was that I never really saw him. I mean, really saw him. Sure, I went to his concerts, but there was no contact. I once even climbed the walls around Graceland, and for the young bucks, that was what they called his house down in Tennessee, to catch a glimpse of him. I think it might have been him that I saw walking through the house as I looked through my binoculars, but I never really saw him. It's funny, all the efforts I put into following him, and I never could ever seem to get close. Well, here's what I know. There are people that come to church every Sunday, and they sing the songs, they pray the prayers, they might even be somebody that raises their hands, and they listen to the messages about him, but they never really make contact with him. And they look at someone with tears on their eyes, and they look at someone who's singing at the top of their lungs, and they look at someone that's silly like me and raising their hands, and what is that all about? I don't get that. I want to tell you, God has an experience for every person under the sound of my voice, a personal experience. Now, it's going to look different because we're all made up different. We're all made up differently emotionally. We're all made up differently psychologically. We're all made up different in our personality. So our reaction is going to be different. I'm not asking for a reaction. What I'm saying is you will know when you have seen God. You will know when he has touched your lips with the coals of his presence. You will know when you have said, surely I have been in the presence of God. You say, Pastor, how will I know? I'm just going to tell you right now. Now, you will know. I'm going to tell you right now that the Holy Spirit is in this room now. And if you will seek him, you will know that he is touching you. You will know. Listen, God created us to be emotional beings, and he wants to help us respond in a way. It might be different. Some of us, just like me, you just might just bawl your eyes out. Some of us might just laugh. Some of us might smile. Some of us may raise our hand. We all react differently. I'm not talking about the reaction. I'm talking about the fact that I know that I know that I I have been in the presence of a holy God and he has touched my heart and made me a new person and my vision and my heart and my goal for this church, Capital City Church, as your pastor, is that every person under the sound of my voice in 2021 would seek that out with all of their heart and would not be happy, would not be finished, and would not stop until they have known that they have been in the presence of God and it has touched their, touched their heart in a significant way. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord, and the moment we see the Lord, really, really see him, really, really know him, and come into his presence, there is a worship experience that happens. So it starts with seeing him, the revelation of God. Secondly, if you're taking notes, it is the realization of God's holiness. How do I know that I've really seen him because in that moment you realize how big God is and how small I am 
I live in a family of giants. I did not get the gene. My dad was 6'6", and my cousins are uh, some, I have several of my nephews actually that are about six foot five, six foot six. I don't know, maybe even six foot seven. Uh, I, I missed that gene, missed me completely. I'm six foot and stay in there, I guess. Amen? I thought about figuring out a way instead of trying to lose weight, maybe just get taller, but it didn't work. I, I'm not overweight, I'm just under tall. That's what I figured out. <laughs> The angels cried out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is holy in this place. And when we see him in his holiness, everything else fades away. And I was preparing this message, and I thought of that chorus that we used to sing. And uh, I've I've actually seen uh, some of the the worship concerts have have been picking this back up with with Elevation and and, uh, some of these others. And and, uh, Hillsong did it during their worship services. It says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth and that job you have and that family that's giving you trouble (laughs) will grow strangely in the light of his glory and grace. How many of you remember that chorus? Come on, sing it with me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this earth and the things of earth will grow strangely dim, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? When God's glory shows up, that's all I can see. Would you do me a favor? If you have a smartphone, would you just pull it out right now? And would you turn the flashlight on? Now just hold it up in front of your face and turn it around and look right into it. Come on. Kind of hard to see stuff, isn't it? Okay, you can turn it off now. Don't shine it in your neighbor's eyes. Come on, be nice. What happens? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, everything else just disappears. Do you see that? When we see him in his holiness, it begins to work in our lives. We live in such an unholy world. We live in a world that everywhere we look, it's, a, it's anti-God. It's anti-Christian. It's anti-church. It, it's, it's whatever they can do to, to get you away from the things of God. Amen. 
We realize when we look in the face of God, everything else is ugly, everything else is transparent, everything else is dirty. One day Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter looked past all the confusion. Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah. And he said, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. What was Jesus saying? It is only in the presence of God. I can stand up here and I can shout and I can holler and I can jump and hoop and I might do that. But none of that is going to matter if you do not see and know the presence of the holy God. And my prayer every Sunday is, Lord, help me get out of the way and let you do what you need to do. Because I know that, Pastor Phil, all I can do is lead you to the place of God, but only God can reveal himself. You can't learn it from someone else. You can't be spiritual just because your parents were. You can't be spiritual just because you went to church once a week. You can't be spiritual just because you participated in the prayer or sang the songs. It's not something Pastor Phil can serve up on a platter. I can point you to him, but I cannot reveal him. And true worship begins by seeing God, the revelation of God, and then knowing him, knowing him in realization. Thirdly, if you're taking notes, is the recognition of our need for God. Isaiah said, woe is me. That word woe was a legal charge, a legal term, meaning literally the word dead. And then he said, I am ruined, which means to be silent. So basically he was saying, in the presence of a holy God, I see that I am ruined. I see that I am dead. I see that I am silent. I am speechless in the presence of God. I have no wisdom. I have nothing to give. All I know is I need God. And God has a way of taking care of our pride issues when we get into the presence of God. And a lot of us, that's exactly what's holding us back from seeing God and experiencing God. It's our pride issues. What will people think? Listen, what will the people behind me think? Or what will my family think? Or what will my parents think? Or what will my kids think? Or or what will the pastor think? Or whatever, whatever the enemy will do to put in our mind to keep us from getting close to God. Oh, but my prayer is that every one of us, we see up here, find God and find freedom. We'll find God and find freedom in God by allowing the Holy Spirit to set us free from the bondage of pride. There's something about coming into the presence of God that humbles us and causes us to say, wait a minute, I don't have all the answers. I'm not as smart as I think I am. But here's the good news. God is smarter than any of us. So I just choose to lean on him. I just choose to call on him. He then realizes he is unclean. He says, I am a man of unclean lips. The word there is tame, which means defiled. I am polluted. And this realization comes as he sees the king, the Lord of hosts. You know, the most important thing that can happen on a Sunday morning, the most important thing that can happen in the life of any person is for them to go through this process, for them to find God. Until I get to heaven. And I know that I've got a long way to go, but I look back and I see I've come a long way, and I'm thankful for God for that. And every person.
is it doesn't matter where you grew up, doesn't matter how you grew up, doesn't matter whether you grew up in church or this is your first time in church. Every one of us are in the same boat. We are just one beggar leading another beggar to the bread of life. His name is Jesus, and we all have a step, next step to take in our spiritual walk, every one of us. Amen? And then number four, if you take me into the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand that he'd taken from the altar of fire. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips and your iniquities, your shortcomings, your failures have been taken away. They are no longer. Your sin is forgiven. It's all thrown away. It's all put behind us. I will not ever bring it up again. I will not mention it again. It is gone. Worship does anything to us and for us. It has a tendency to lift us up above the things of this world. It's so easy to come into church and be consumed by our jobs, be consumed by our bills, be consumed by our kids, be consumed by everything else. I know because I've done that many times. I'm one that grew up in church. My dad was a pastor, so... I probably wasn't more than a week old when I had my first experience in church. Uh, many of you know I was born in Ohio, but I didn't live in Ohio because my parents were traveling evangelists. So they stopped the trailer in West Union or in Peebles, Ohio, because it was time for mom to have a baby. So they stopped at grandma's house. They drove down to West Virginia, had a baby, followed the snowplow all the way down, made it down there on March 7th, 1967. And then they got back in the trailer and took off again. I was a nomad from the start. And the first place we went was the first revival. First place we went. I probably slept through the sermon, but I was there. <laughs> Some of you are still sleeping through the sermon, so don't judge me, okay? Come on, wake that person up beside you. You need this next point, just tell them. But you know, so I've, I've been church and Sunday school three times a week or more pretty much all my life. So I know what it's like to work, to walk into church with a heavy heart, with things on my mind, wondering why I came anyway, wondering if it really matters, wondering if I'm going to get that bill paid. You say, yeah, but then you became a pastor. Guess what? That didn't stop. Even as a pastor, right, Pastor David? Even as a pastor, you come, wonder if those bills are going to get paid, wonder if the kids are all right wonder if that roof is going to get fixed. I had three cars, vehicles in the shop this week. <laughs> it just happens. But I want to tell you something. I'm glad I came to church today. Amen. Because Amen. I've already experienced the presence of God. And that's what it's all about. Amen? Amen. So when we focus on him, he begins to lift us up. And we begin to sing songs like... He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. And we speak of his greatness. We speak of his supremacy. 
We begin to lift it up. We begin to be lifted up above that job and we begin to be lifted up above those bills and in those broken relationships and begin to realize that if I will just turn my eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, that these things, they're not going to disappear. They're still going to be there, but they'll grow strangely dim because all I can see is the greatness of God. Because when I concentrate on my problems, it makes my problems seem bigger than God. But when I concentrate on God, I always know God is bigger than any problem that I can face. And then the fifth one, if you're taking notes, is the response of our lifestyle. Isaiah ultimately says, here I am, send me. What was he saying? He was having the response of true and real worship. The response of real worship is a commitment to be used by him whenever, wherever, however. God, I'm just going to trust you. And in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. Let me just give you those last three application steps. You say, Pastor, what do I do? Let me give you, just start right here, okay? Number one, if you're not doing this already, I'm going to encourage you as your pastor Spend some time every day with God. Spend daily time with God. Just be with him. You say, for how long? As long as it takes. If you've never done it before, say, you know what? Every morning before I go to work, before I do anything, I'm going to take five minutes and just listen to some worship music and spend some time with God. Read a verse or two. And secondly, this is a little harder Write this down. Ask God to search your heart. Lord, see if there's anything in me that I need to work on. Know my ways. And then the third one is live a life of obedience. Just live a life where you just obey God. Now for some of you, and I understand this, so I'm just going to put it out there. Some of you have a hard time with the word obey because you've had some really, really terrible experiences, perhaps as a child at home or perhaps with a, an abusive spouse or, or maybe a boss that was demanding. And you've had that word obey. But let me, let me just break it down like this. Jesus knew we would have trouble with this. He, he knew it. And I, I love how, how incredibly wise Jesus was and how he just broke things down. So he knew that if we would just do this, what he did is he, he just broke all the commandments and all the things we're supposed to obey down to this. I love it. He said this, just love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Seek God with all that you have. And love your neighbor as yourself. You remember we talked about that last week. And if you will do these things, obedience just comes natural. In fact, no longer is this obedience. It's an act of love. It's an act of joy. It's an act of surrender. So I'm going to do something this morning. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And I want to close this series out with a song that just says, oh, come to the altar. Come to the Father. 
And I'm going to give you an opportunity to just slip out. And we've got plenty of room here. You can, you can stand distant. If you want to kneel, that'd be great. If you want to just stand, that's fine. If you're more comfortable sitting, you can sit along one of these seats. Or if you just want to stay where you are, I understand that. But I just want to give us an opportunity. Don't just sing this song. I, I encourage you to sing along. But I encourage you to internalize it and make it your own. And as the Holy Spirit leads you, not as your coerce, I'm not into that. No, no. As the Holy Spirit leads you, as God prompts you, if you feel led to just come to the altar and just say, God, I'm seeking you deeper. Ever, already established. Every one of us have a next step. And so here's what I want you to do. Just say, Lord, I'm ready to take my next step in my walk with you. Walking in worship. So as he begins to sing, as Daniel begins to lead us, I'm going to encourage you, if you feel led, to come forward. And then I want to just pray with us together. Amen? You may come at this time. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst from the tree, from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Sing, oh God. Oh, come to the altar.
David, I want you to go back to the back. Pastor David is going to be right back there at that station. If you would have the courage to do this, if you prayed that prayer this morning, you go back to Pastor David. He has a special gift for you. We have gifts for the first time guests, but if you prayed that prayer, I want you to uh, talk to Pastor David and say, uh, he's, he'll be the good looking one in the suit jacket back in the back, all right? And just say, I prayed the prayer. He'll know what you mean we'll give you a gift okay the Bible says that when someone comes to heaven whether it's online in your own home or in the room that's when heaven has a party and so on the count of three church we're just gonna celebrate what God has done not what Pastor Phil's done not what any of us have done but what God has done we're gonna give him glory are you ready one two three come on give Oh, isn't this fun? Oh, come on. Isn't this fun? I love church. I love church. I just can't wait. It's my favorite hour of the week. Depending on how excited the pastor gets, maybe the hour and a half of the week. <laughs> I did good today, though. I did good. <laughs> oh, come on. I wasn't. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward at this time. And, and uh, we're going to pray over the offering. And uh, don't forget to hang out with us for a little bit after. We're going to celebrate uh, those that uh, maybe had, well, we, hopefully we all had birthdays last year. <laughs> so we're going to celebrate that and celebrate other things that you weren't able to celebrate. So don't leave. But as we give, know that we don't just give just to give, but we give to the Lord. And everything that we do at Capital City Church is for the glory of God and to reach people for Christ. You want to know why it is that we uh, receive an offering? Which, by the way, if you're a first-time guest, just put. We don't. We don't ask you to give anything. If you call Capital City Church your home, that's why. That's why we do this. We just ask you to put the card in the there in in the offering plate. But there's a reason why we do this to help people find God, to find freedom, to find their purpose, and to find fulfillment. And that's what it's all about. That's what God has for every one of us. So God, today as we give, help it to be out of a cheerful heart. Help it to be out of love. Lord, we give because we love you and we're thankful for how you blessed us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. As they are receiving uh, the tithes and offerings, um, we have some really, really great news for you today. And the good news is if you love sunsets, or sunrises and you love to sleep in next Sunday is not really your Sunday but anyway <laughs> but you'll get to see the sunrise that's the good news how many of you know what next week is what's next week huh we don't lose an hour we gain an hour at night so we can watch the Sun go down a little later right so I brought something a little long to kind of remind you what it all means to us and how happy we are about it. All right, watch this. Blossoms, blossoms everywhere because it's spring time, springtime in the air, and that means day, light, 
Daylight saving time Which means you lose An hour Lose an hour of your life I was gonna say bedtime, but well, it makes more sense, I guess If it's a six, move it to seven If it's a seven, move it to eight If this is nine, move it to ten If this is ten You're late. late You're not gonna make it on time Yeah, I'd probably just go to Starbucks in my jammies or something You still say jammies? No mm, Maybe So don't forget, get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and change your clocks. I'm glad for cell phones. We don't have to do it anymore, right? Thank you for joining us. If you're online, God bless you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. If you're in the room, we're going to ask you to hang around. I'm going to be over in this window and serving people donuts, all right? So meet me over here this window. I've got some special treats for you. Hold on. Uh, Pastor Crystal has something. Okay, he doesn't know this. Today is Phil's birthday. Oh, I knew that. So we're not having donuts. We're having famous Doris Petite cupcakes, different flavors. You don't want to miss it. Glory. And Miss Doris made your favorite.